On the other hand, Allah says, إِنَّ الْمُتَّقِينَ Indeed, the muttaqin, the people who lived with taqwa, they will be fi jannatin, in gardens, وَعُيُونٍ and springs. Jannat, plural of jannah, literally a garden. Ruyun plural of ayn, a source of water. And the word ayn is also used for our eyes. Why? Because water comes out of there too. Right? So, إِنَّ الْمُتَّقِينَ فِي جَنَّاتٍ وَعُيُونَ Those who live with taqwa on the day of judgment, in the hereafter, they will be amidst gardens and springs. Springs of different types. أَخِذِينَ Ones who will take, who will receive. Ones who will accept. Plural of the word أَخِذ Who is أَخِذ? One who? أَخَذَ One who takes. What do you take? When something is given to you. So, أَخِذِينَ They will be taking, accepting, receiving. What will they receive? مَا آتَاهُمْ Whatever He will give them. Who will give them? رَبُّهُمْ Their Lord. Whatever their Lord will give them, they will take it. They will accept it. Notice how the word أَخِذِينَ is used. And مَا آتَاهُمْ رَبُّهُمْ here what we see is that the muttaqin, those who observe taqwa. And out of taqwa, they did amal, they did something. In this world, they were amilin, so on the day of judgment, they will be akhidin. In this world, they worked, so tomorrow they shall receive. They shall receive what their Lord will give them. And they will take whatever their Lord will give them. How? Happily. With gratitude. Because you see, sometimes somebody gives us a gift, but we don't take it happily. Or out of pretense we say, oh, you didn't have to. Isn't it? There was no need for this. And please don't say such statements. Right? If somebody gives you something, take it happily. Somebody is giving you something, don't refuse it. It's hurtful. Right? And this is all pretense. Pretense. Oh, you didn't have to really, you know, it was unnecessary. Really? My entire effort of going, firstly thinking about what to get you, and then going and getting it, and then my bringing it to you, it was unnecessary? It's not fair. So we see the quality of the people of Jannah. Akhidin. Whatever their Lord will give them, they will take it. They will accept it happily, gracefully. And why will they take whatever their Lord will give them? Because whatever their Lord gives is worth taking. Anything that comes from Allah is worth taking. Now of course this is Jannah. Right? So in Jannah everything is good. But just to extend this concept, anything that comes to us from Allah, remember it's worth taking. Whatever it is. Whether it comes in the form of hardship or it comes in the form of ease. It comes in the form of something apparently very beautiful or something that appears to be very insignificant. What comes from Allah is worth taking. I remember once my mother, she was giving something to some of the students. Right? They had done something amazing, so she was giving them some, you know, in class she was recognizing their efforts and giving them. So one of the students, she felt shy. And for some reason, she said it was not necessary that gift should be given. 
And sometimes we do these things. You know, we say things like, we did this for Allah, I'm never going to accept it. In our heart, perhaps we want it. But, you know, on the apparent, we're saying we don't need it. And then my mother, she said that, you know, if somebody is giving you something, you should take it. And she said that her teacher would say that if your teacher gives you even a stick, it's worth taking. If your teacher gives you even a stick, it's worth taking. Because don't look at the stick. Look at the fact that it's coming from who? From your teacher. Right? So, some people, they view things that come to them in their lives as gifts from who? From Allah. This is something that my Lord has sent my way. So whatever it is, Alhamdulillah. Why? Because who sent it? Who sent it? Allah did. And if it's coming from Allah, whether it appears to be easy or difficult, it's good for me. Because it's coming from who? Allah. That's it. That's enough of a reason for me to take it happily. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ said that amazing is the case of the believer. Right? What's amazing? That whatever happens to him, it's good for him. If there's something that a blessing ease, a gift that he receives, he is grateful and his gratitude is good for him. And if there's some hardship, he's patient and his patience is good for him. Ajaban. It's amazing. Amazing is the case of the believer. Right? And this is why we see that, you know, the Prophet ﷺ loved rain. Right? Ibn Abbas anhu also loved rain. It is said that Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, at one occasion, you know, it was raining and he asked his servant to take out his clothes for him, you know, fresh clothes so that he could change them. And of course you would need to change them when your clothes are wet or something. So basically he went out in the rain, got wet, right? And then he was going to change. So why did he go out in the rain to get wet? I mean, yes, children do that. They like to play in the rain. These days they don't for some reason. But an adult, can you imagine an adult? Why? Because this rain has just come from who? From up above, right? This has been sent by who? By Allah. وَأَنزَلْنَا مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً مُبَارَكًا أَيُّوبْ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down a rain of locusts that were of gold. Gold locusts. Alright? So Ayyub alayhi salam, he took off his shawl right away. He spread it out and he started collecting all those gold locusts. He started collecting them, gathering them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked him that have I not made you free of need? Meaning you went through such a long trial, right? So have I not made you free of need of all of these things? And Ayyub alayhi salam said that whatever comes from you, O Allah, I take it, whatever it is. So, أَخِذِينَ مَا آتَاهُمْ رَبُّهُمْ We have to develop this in our lives also, in this world also. That whatever comes to us from Allah, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that I am as my servant, thinks I am. So no matter what happens, think this came by whose idhan? Allah's idhan. And if He allowed it, that means it's good for me. So I welcome it. I accept it. And you know what? When you approach difficulties in life with this attitude, then there's really no regrets. Because even the most painful situations will bring you the best gifts. They will bring you the best strengths. This is true. You know, Tony Robbins, right? Are you familiar with him? You heard his name? 
Who is he? Huh? He's a life coach, right? Tony Robbins, right? That's his name. Is it? You're looking at me as if you've never heard of this guy. Okay, I guess he's not an actor. Alright, I get it. He's not an actor and he's not a sports man, right? He's a life coach. He talks about, you know, basically practical psychology, alright? Healing and finding your best strengths and whatnot. So there's this new documentary about him. Basically a six day seminar that he conducts and the whole thing is filmed. And in that, you know, there's different types of people, you know, people who've gone through so much in their lives and, you know, they're suicidal, some of them. Some people are filled with anger. Some people are filled with pain. Different baggages. And if you think about it, all of us are like that. But a theme that I saw consistently is that no matter what a person had gone through, what he would tell them is that this is what has made you a good person today. Right? Your strength has come from what? From the difficulties that you have experienced. If you didn't go through those trials, you wouldn't be what you are today. You wouldn't have the drive that you have today. You wouldn't have the motivation and the strength that you have today. And this is true. So when we receive whatever Allah decrees for us, whatever He decrees for us, whatever He sends our way, we are doing ourselves a huge favor. Right? Because nothing that Allah has decreed is unfair. Nothing at all. Your most difficult trials can be in your favor if you want them to be in your favor. So, أَخِذِينَ مَا آتَاهُمْ رَبُّهُمْ You know, when something goes wrong, we wonder, what happened? Why did I do this? Why did this happen to me? Well, you know what? It happened to you for a reason. This was meant to make you stronger. This was meant to make you better. So learn from it. Take from it. أَخِذِينَ مَا آتَاهُمْ رَبُّهُمْ So those who take happily what Allah gives them today will take happily what Allah will give them tomorrow. إِنَّهُمْ Indeed they. كَانُوا they were قَبْلَ ذَلِكَ Before that. Before what? That is referring to their state in Jannah. They're receiving rewards from Allah in Jannah. Allah says, before that, they were muhsineen. They did ihsan. They were excellent. They did good. What ihsan did they do? Kanu, they were, firstly, qalilan min al-layli ma yahja'oon. Qalilan, little, min al-layli of the night, meaning a little portion of the night, ma yahja'oon, ma that, yahja'oon, they sleep. Meaning they would sleep very little in the night. Yahja'oon is from haja'a. And haja'a is to sleep by night. It is not that long nap that you take during the day and you wake up upset that your sleep was constantly disturbed. No, this is not haja'a. Haja'a is when you sleep at night. Because the sleep of night cannot be compared with the sleep of day. Isn't it? It's completely different. Hajara is to sleep at night and the hajara is used for deep sleep, heavy sleep. Alright? So, كَانُوا قَلِيلًا مِنَ اللَّيْلِ مَا يَهْجَعُونَ The first meaning of this ayah is that they used to sleep little in the night. Why? Because 
part of their night was spent awake. Why were they awake? Eating, watching movies, eating popcorn, yeah? كَانُوا قَلِيلًا مِنَ اللَّيْلِ مَا يَهْجَعُونَ Spending their night worshipping Allah. Making time for themselves to talk to Allah when? In the night. كَانُوا قَلِيلًا مِنَ اللَّيْلِ مَا يَهْجَعُونَ Another meaning of this ayah is مَا Over here, مَا يَهْجَعُونَ مَا is understood as not. Alright? It's understood as not. So, كَانُوا Meaning they didn't sleep very little. It's the exact opposite meaning. They didn't sleep very little in the night. What does it mean? They slept for most of the night. Notice it's not all. It is most. Which means that a small part of the night they spent awake. So the first interpretation is what? A very long Part of the night they would spend awake. The second meaning is that a very small portion of the night they would spend awake. You understand? So, كانوا قليلا من الليل ما يهجعون ما as in that. The second meaning is ما as in not. And not here is negating قليلًا. Alright? They didn't sleep very little. They slept most of the night. Meaning they weren't like... Because when we think about People who do ihsan or people who do good, we think it's an impossible level that I can never attain. Right? It's the height of perfection which I can never reach. There's no way. But this description, what does it teach us? It's doable. It's practical. A third of the night is not all of the night. Ten minutes before fajr is not all of the night. It's possible. Right? That ten minutes before fajr or fifteen minutes before fajr, we can wake up. And spend at least a few moments worshipping Allah. وَبِلْ أَسْحَارِ And in the hours before dawn, أَسْحَار is the plural of the word سَحَر. And سَحَر is last part of the night, hours before daybreak. وَبِلْ أَسْحَارِ هُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ They would seek forgiveness. This is what they did in their nights. Especially at the end of the night, before the morning came, they would spend seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala waits when the third of the night is over. When one third of the first part of the night is over. He descends to the lowest heaven and says, is there any supplicator? Is there anyone who wants forgiveness? Is there anyone who wants to repent? Is there anyone who wants something, who has any dua? And he keeps asking until the morning comes in. In another hadith we learn there is an hour during the night, during the night, in which no Muslim will ask Allah for good in this world and the next, except that Allah will give it to him. There is an hour in the night. And notice it's not said in Ramadan only. What is it? Night. Any night that a person asks Allah for something in dunya or something in the hereafter, except that Allah will give it to him. And the Prophet ﷺ said, this applies to every night. We learned the Prophet ﷺ also said, that the closest that the Lord is to a worshiper is during the last part of the night. This is when you will find Allah nearest. 
So if you are able to be of those who remember Allah in that hour, then do so. وَبِالْأَسْحَارِهُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ وَفِي أَمْوَالِهِمْ And in their properties, amwal, plural of mal, whatever wealth they possess, whatever property they own, Allah says there is حَقٌ A right, a portion. For who? لِسَّائِلْ For the petitioner, وَالْمَحْرُومِ And the deprived. Who is سَائِل? سَائِل is someone who does su'al, who asks, who begs, who asks you for a favor. And mahroom from haruma, haruma to deprive. Mahroom, someone who is deprived. Someone who's incurred some loss. So, wafi amwalihim haqqun. In their wealth is a right. Meaning some people have a right over their wealth. This is how they deal with their wealth. Who has a right over their wealth? Who? The sa'il and the mahroom. Meaning, they don't just spend on themselves. They don't just spend on themselves. They also spend on who? Those who ask them and those who are deprived. And in their state of deprivation, they will not even ask. Right? Because there are some people who will ask for help and then there are others who will not ask for help. You see the word haqqun is very interesting. When we look at our things, our money, how do we view it? I have a right over this. Right? I can use it, I can spend it however I want. Because it's mine. Allah says, in their money, in their wealth, the sa'il and the mahroom has a haqq. Meaning, they don't just keep their money for themselves. They keep their money, they keep their things as if they have a right over it. And the needy also have a right over it. So they don't use 100% of their money for themselves only. Rather they spend on others too. And this is something that we all need to think about. Because sometimes we think, yeah, I gave zakat. Right? And yes, zakat is the haqq of the needy. Definitely it is. But it doesn't just stop at zakat. It doesn't stop there. There's sadaqa also. And you see, haqqun وَفِي أَمْوَالِهِمْ حَقٌّ لِلسَّائِلِ وَالْمَحْرُومِ This is their lifestyle. An overview of their life is being given. So it's not that once a year they gave zakat and then for the rest of the year they forgot about the needy and the poor. No. Regularly. Just as regularly we spend on ourselves, they spent regularly on the needy also. And this is something that we need to develop a habit of. And it doesn't cost a lot. I mean, if you think about it, don't we regularly go buy food for ourselves? Do we? Do you or you don't? Right? We do, right? We go buy food for ourselves on a regular basis. Whether you, you know, as a mother you go for groceries or let's say you go to buy your lunch at school, right? Or at work, whatever it is. In whatever way, you buy food for yourself. But should all of our money go into just spending on ourselves? Can we not dedicate a small portion maybe, at least a little bit, on a consistent basis for those who are in need? We don't have to wait for a food drive to feed those who are hungry. Correct? Because those who are hungry will be hungry whether there is a food drive or there is no food drive. So, وَفِي أَمْوَالِهِمْ حَقٌّ لِلسَّائِلِ وَالْمَحْرُومِ So here the qualities of the muhsineen are mentioned. What qualities are mentioned? Who are the muhsineen? Look at the verses and tell me. The first quality is what? Yes. Praying in the night. 
either a lot or a little but there's something secondly seeking forgiveness especially at the time of sahar and thirdly spending on the needy wa fil ardi and in the earth there are ayatun there are signs for who lil muqinin for those who are certain for those who have yaqeen muqin is someone who has yaqeen in the earth are signs signs that prove the existence the oneness the power of allah signs that prove the coming of the resurrection وَفِي الْأَرْضِ آيَاتٌ But these ayat will benefit only who? Those who have yaqeen. وَفِي أَنفُسِكُمْ And in yourselves also. Meaning there are signs all around you and within you. أَفَلَا تُبْصِرُونَ Do you then not see? Don't you see these signs? What are the signs in the earth, around us? In Surah Al-Ra'ad, Ayah 4, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَفِي الْأَرْضِ قِطَعٌ مُتَجَاوِرَاتٌ In the earth are portions of land that are neighboring. Meaning, they're neighboring one next to the other. But each is different. Right? Different in color, different in terms of how the soil is, different in terms of what's growing on it. وَجَنَّاتٌ مِنْ أَعْنَابٍ وَزَرْعٌ وَنَخِيلٌ And gardens, orchards of grapevines and date palms. And these are صِنْوَانٌ وَغَيْرُ صِنْوَانٍ Trees, that are of one stem or multiple stems. So, so many signs, in so many ways, وَفِي الْأَرْضِ آيَاتٌ لِلْمُقِنِينَ And not just in the earth, but وَفِي أَنفُسِكُمْ In yourselves also. In yourselves, what kind of signs? Firstly, in your bodies. In your bodies. How? In the way they develop. In how they grow. In their composition. Right? In how they function. The different aspects of our bodies, our different senses, our hearing, our seeing, our touch, our brain. It's amazing. وَفِي أَنفُسِكُمْ So many signs. So much is going on so quickly that it's difficult to even comprehend. Isn't it? It's so difficult to understand how the brain works and how the whole body works. So وَفِي أَنفُسِكُمْ In your own bodies, there are signs. Your physical bodies. Then, وَفِي أَنفُسِكُمْ also means in yourselves as in, in your lives. And each and every one of us experiences amazing events in our lives. By amazing, I don't mean like something you know that you see on TV happens, but something amazing that's amazing for you. Could be a small thing even. You need something. You're thinking about something. You step out and you find it right away. You're thinking about someone and you see them the next day. Right? You have a wish and it comes true right away. You make a dua and it happens. You are in need of something and you get it. You want something to go away and it's gone. So these events that happen in our lives, what are they? Ayat. Signs. And signs, remember, they point towards something. So these events, incidents that are happening in our lives, they're not happening at random. They're for a reason. There are no accidents in life, remember that. No coincidences. Everything is planned. And everything is meant to lead us to our Lord. Direct our attention to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then, وَفِي أَنفُسِكُمْ Another meaning is that in yourselves, meaning in you, O people, that how you differ in terms of your color, 
you differ in terms of the languages that you speak, the variation of your colors and forms. وَفِيَنْفُسِكُمْ One is short, another is tall. Each person has a different, unique physique. وَفِيَنْفُسِكُمْ أَفَلَا تُبْصِرُونَ Will you not see? Do you not see signs or proofs that should tell you that Allah is your Lord and you must surrender to Him? قَتَادَ He said that whoever contemplates on his creation, meaning on his body, will come to realize that he was created for the worship of Allah. Even your physical body. How and why? Because if you think about it, our body was made in such a way that we can perform worship. We can perform sajda. We can perform rukur. We can perform salah. We can recite Qur'an. We can do dhikr. Compare your body with the body of some other creature, some other animal. Can that animal do sajda? The way you can? I mean, if you think about it, monkey, very close. But can it? No, it's not the same. Can it recite the Qur'an? Animals, they have beautiful voices, beautiful sounds that they make. But can they read Qur'an? No, they cannot. If we reflect on our bodies, they're created in such a way that they prove to us that we were created for the worship of Allah. وَفِي أَنفُسِكُمْ أَفَلَا تُبْصِرُونَ وَفِي السَّمَاءِ And in the sky is رِزْقُكُمْ Your provision. Meaning your provision comes from where? From the sky. How? In the form of rain, in the form of sunlight, right? And as a result, Things grow and then we have stuff to eat. وَفِي السَّمَاءِ رِزْقُكُمْ Another way that we can understand this is that our provision, whatever we're going to use and consume in our lives, is it recorded somewhere? Where is it recorded? In the لَوْحُ mahfuz. And where is that? The preserved tablet is where? Up there somewhere. Up above us. So وَفِي السَّمَاءِ رِزْقُكُمْ in the sky is your provision. See, again, rizq is being mentioned. وَمَا تُوْعَدُونَ And whatever that you are promised. Whatever is it that you are promised. What does it mean by this? Firstly, we can understand this as the opposite of rizq. Meaning, the deprivation of rizq. We get rizq, we get provision when it comes down from the sky in the form of rain, in the form of water. We get deprived of it. How? When rain is withheld. When there's drought, then what happens? I mean, even in this century, in this day and age, if there is drought somewhere, life is impossible. Isn't it? People relocate. It's not possible to continue with businesses and whatnot because lack of water means things will be very, very expensive. It's not affordable anymore. So, وَفِي السَّمَاءِ رِزْقُكُمْ وَمَا تُعَدُونَ That which you are warned as in punishment, consequences of your sins, as in deprivation of rizq. That is also from there. مَا تُعَدُونَ Meaning what you are warned of, what you were punished. Basically, whatever you are warned of, that is also recorded where? In the لَوْحُ mahfuz. All decrees are written up there. Good or bad. What's the meaning? You don't control it. It's where? Fissama. It's beyond your reach. Allah controls it. He decides whether you get something or you don't get something. فَوَرَبِّ السَّمَاءِ فَسُوْ 
by Rabbis Samai, the Lord of the sky, Wal Ardi and the earth, by the Lord of the sky and the earth. Allah is taking an oath by Himself. Innahu lahakun, indeed it is truth. What is truth? Whatever you have been promised over here regarding the hereafter, it is real. It is true. How true? Mithla, similar to ma that annakum you tantikun you speak. Meaning just as you're speaking is real, is a fact. Just like that, the coming of the hereafter is real. It's a fact. There is no doubt about it. مِثْلَ مَا أَنَّكُمْ تَنْطِقُونَ Can we deny someone's speech? I mean, someone's talking in front of us. Can we say, no, no, they're not talking. No, we can't say that. Because they're talking, they're talking. And just like that is a fact, the coming of the hereafter is also a fact, an undeniable reality. We listen to the recitation of these ayat. إِنَّ الْمُتَّقِينَ فِي جَنَّاتٍ وَعُيُونَ آخِذِينَ مَا آتَاهُمْ رَبُّهُمْ إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا قَبْلَ ذَلِكَ مُحْسِنِينَ كَانُوا قَلِيلًا مِنَ اللَّيْلِ مَا يَهْجَعُونَ وَبِالْأَسْحَارِهُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ وَفِي أَمْوَالِهِمْ حَقٌّ لِلسَّائِلِ وَالْمَحْرُومِ وَفِي الْأَرْضِ آيَاتٌ لِلْمُوقِنِينَ وَفِي أَنفُسِكُمْ أَفَلَا تُبْصِرُونَ وَفِي السَّمَاءِ رِزْقُكُمْ وَمَا تُوعَدُونَ فَوَرَبِّ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ إِنَّهُ لَحَقٌّ مِثْلَ مَا أَنَّكُمْ تَنْطِقُونَ 